Good morning, Cathedral family. Are you ready to praise the Lord this morning? Did you come ready and prepared to glorify the King of Kings? You know, in my country, in the Netherlands, we have two days of Christmas. Two days where we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Isn't it awesome that every day we can come into the house? We should come every day, right? To praise and to thank God for everything that He has done. Can somebody give Him praise? And you know, I want to encourage you that, that maybe this is almost the end of the year and you didn't have a breakthrough yet. Paul and Silas, they were in prison. Daniel was in the lion's den and it was all the way until the end that they received a breakthrough. Don't give up. You keep on pressing in. You keep on praising him. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 6, of verse, chapter 1 verse 6, it says, it says that what he has started, he will be faithful to complete it. Are you ready to go after God this morning? Are you ready to praise the Lord this morning? Are you ready to give Him everything you got? Come on, somebody give Him praise and let's praise the Lord together. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, do we have any friends of God in the house today? If you're His friends, get ready and worship. Put your hands together and stand your feet.
you glad that the God Almighty, Lord of glory, despite what we have done, who we are, He still calls us friend. Amen. Let's continue to worship Him.
Closer than a brother, faithful like no other. You are a friend to the end. You're closer than a brother, faithful like no other. You are a friend to the end. You're closer than a brother, faithful like no other. You are a friend to the end. thousand years ago, God sent his son. He sent his son so that you and I today could be called sons and daughters of God. When that truth gets into you and you step into that truth, something changes in our lives. All of a sudden, we have more joy in our lives. All of a sudden, we have more hope in our life. All of a sudden, peace starts to just come out of our lives, amen? You and I are a friend of God. Now, that's one thing for me to, God, to call God my friend. I can call anybody my friend, right? Dr. Wayne, hey, buddy, how you doing? We can call anybody our friends, but there's something greater than that. God calls you his friend. That's a whole nother level of joy right there, my friend. God calls you his friend. And so I pray that this Christmas season, as we just celebrate Christmas, that that truth is deep inside of you and you will fully understand that you are a friend of God. Before you're seated today, turn to somebody and say, I am a friend of God. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New You Cathedral. We are so glad you're here. Whether you're here live in person or online, give yourselves a big round of applause for being here today. <coughs> what an incredible Christmas season we've had. In fact, what a year it's been here at Cathedral, touching lives all around the world. We have a special Christmas greeting from one of our partners, Pastor Anna Marie, would you just turn to the screens and watch this video? Hi, I'm here. 
with Live Job Mozambique at the Peaceful with the school principal, Pastor Blocus, and our beautiful children, some of them. We had the closing ceremony and it's been wonderful, great results. And thank you that we can have this celebration today because you are journeying with us. Thank you. Thank you, Cathedral of Faith. We love you. We appreciate you. And I believe we have one more video. And together with our congregation, we just want to greet you. Merry Christmas, Cathedral Family! Yes. God is using Cathedral to live out the love all across this, this, uh, this world. And even here at home, thank you for going above and beyond when it comes to your, your giving. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Thank you. In Gilroy, you blessed over 100 migrant children with toys, as well as our Morgan Hill campus. And right here in San Jose campus, you blessed over 1,300 kids last Sunday. And I want to give a big shout out to two of the best youth pastors in the world, Pastor Yus and Pastor Esther, and their, their mighty... Cathedral Elves, let's give it up for them. Over 1,300 kids were blessed with toys. And if that's not enough, on Tuesday here at the Reaching Out Food Ministry, you blessed hundreds of families to help finish up the month of December. That's over 1,400 families representing almost 42,000 individuals. A big thank you to Paige Nguyen the president of the Vietnamese National Association of Realtors, her and her team were here, reaching out, finished the year, helping over 114,000 families and over almost over 400,000 individuals. Wow. Reaching out is making a difference in our world. Amen? Thank you to the Cathedral of Faith Reaching Out team and volunteers who helped bless the community. And then one last praise report. Our goal was to raise $60,000 to pay for all of the different things that were happening here at Cathedral. And you guys always go above and beyond. We raised over $60,000 to fund these events. So again, give yourselves a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for giving. Be sure to check out the bulletin, the displays, or follow us on, on Facebook to check out all the ways that you can grow and connect here at Cathedral. Well, the Christmas story reminds us how much God loves us. How much God loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his best. And on behalf of all the pastoral staff, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, Cathedral family, for you going above and beyond and blessing so many people this Christmas season. There are many ways that you can give. You can give digitally, you can give online, you can give through our app, or you can see an usher on your way out. But thank you, thank you, thank you for giving. Let me pray God's blessing over you. Father, thank you, Lord, that you target us with your goodness and with your favor so that we could be a blessing to others. And God, this has been a, a, a challenging year, but still, you, you put it on people's hearts to give, and they give, God. Whether they're giving of their time, 
or whether they're giving of their finances, we just want to say thank you for Cathedral of Faith. There is nobody else like the givers here at Cathedral of Faith. And so, Lord, we pray this year that you would continue to target them in a greater way than ever before. They have been faithful with little. Now, God, bless them with even more, I pray, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, go ahead and watch the screens. And Pastor Mike is getting ready to come to bless your socks off. We've been living in a spiritual haze, limiting our faith to church on Sundays. Some of us are so busy trying to win a fight that we have forgotten Jesus told us to be the light. The people of God are called to serve, though often we find ourselves reserved, unaware of the lost we pass by every day, not spreading the light, the truth, and the way. At times, our fears leave us frozen, stopping us from pursuing God's chosen. God gives us the strength every day to love those who have gone astray, lifting up the weak when we are strong, forgiving those who have done us wrong. The family of God makes a son out of the orphan. We stand up for those who have been forgotten. The people of God stand together in unity, finding strength in times of uncertainty. All of God's people have been set free. Together, we can live in victory. Good morning to all of you, and thank you so much for being here. I want to say in bearing the cold, but when you tell people, man, I'm cold, they go, you don't know cold. This isn't cold. <laughs> no matter what you say, I go, man, this salsa's hot. No, this isn't hot. You haven't had hot until you eat my salsa. So no matter what you say, somebody's going to take it to the next level. But I am grateful that all of you are here. I received this. Oh, before I read this, can we take a moment to thank God for Pastor Ken's series on going home on KTVU Channel 2. It was beautiful. Come on. I so much appreciated that. Him and all the tech people, I think he did a wonderful job. I received this from a friend. He says, I don't mean to be a Grinch. However, to those of you who are placing Christmas light decorations in your yards, would you please avoid anything that has a red or blue flashing light? Every time I come around the corner, I think it's the police, and I have a panic attack. <laughs> I have to break hard, toss my margarita out the window. I have to fasten my seatbelt, throw my phone on the floor, turn my radio down, and push my gun under the seat. 
all while trying to drive. It's just too much drama for Christmas. Thank you for your cooperation and your understanding. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about showing diligence to the end. We're coming to the end of 2021, but what does the end mean? What is that supposed to mean to us? But how do we continue in spite of what occurs around us? How do we show diligence to the end? Father, I pray that your word would go forth and that you would instruct each of us from your word, your righteousness by your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your love and I thank you for the faithfulness of this congregation. I ask you to bless them all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our verse today is Hebrews 9, Hebrews 6, 9 through 12, and it says this, even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things. We're confident of better things, in your case, things that accompany salvation. And God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He wants... We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what he has promised. We have reached the conclusion, the close, the ending, the finish, the finale, the completion, the climax, and the final curtain of 2021. And what I have for you today from God's word is how to be restrengthened and how to restore your joy. It's so important for the Christian. There's people in this room today that need to be restrengthened by God. There are people today who need their joy restored by God. Let's give God a hand of praise for that. Well, one of the problems we face are some Christians, not all of them, but some Christians are disillusioned. This means to be disappointed in someone or something that one discovers to be less good than what one had believed. To be disappointed. We've reached the end of the year 2021. And many of the blessings we enjoyed in previous years have dwindled down to a small amount and the effect of all this has clearly hit home with us. Now, mentally and emotionally, we've been caught up in this diminishing of prosperity and blessings, mentally and emotionally. We've lost many loved ones, and the effect of all of this has us in a fog of sorts. What I have for you today from God's word is to be restrengthened and how to restore your joy. How many know we leak? Two of you. The rest of you can be dismissed because this is for them. <laughs> How many of you know we leak? When the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit, it means to consistently, constantly be filled because we leak. Our joy decreases. Our confidence decreases. We need to gain strength again. We need to be restored in our joy again. So no matter what's going on around us, it doesn't affect us inside, internally. That's what I meant. So he starts out with, we're confident of better things in your case. Confident means to bring about a change of mind by the influence of reason. In Isaiah 118, the Bible says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. 
It's necessary for God to have someone reason with us, to get our mind back on God again, to start thinking of the things of God. And when he refers to the word better, it denotes power in activity and effect. Once your activity is heightened or increased, then the power or effect that you're looking for will be demonstrable. It'll show up. It'll demonstrate itself. But just sitting down, waiting for things to happen, there's not going to be a change. Sitting down, let this communication that comes from the media to penetrate us, then we start getting down. We start getting weak. We start staying away from church. We start fellowshipping with other Christians. We're no longer picking up the word. We start doing this. The words are like those of a pastor who, after warning his congregation of a dangerous course of action, might say, but I'm sure that you people would never do this. The words are an expression of hope. And hope is what the church needs to hear today as we near the end of this year. We, no matter what happens, we never lose hope. Come on, give God praise. Never, church. It was during World War II, and Winston Churchill gave one of the most powerful speeches and one of the most shortest speeches when he said, never, 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 never give up. And that was his speech. And that's what we need to hear today. So what Satan cannot destroy in us is our hope. Okay, so for all of us, things may get bad. Things may take a twist. Things may turn different, turn out different. But we cannot let anything affect our hope in Jesus. Jesus is still alive. Come on, somebody <laughs> praise him for that. So what do you talk about when you say hope? I'm referring to hope in God, in who he is and what he can do. Who is God? Who is God to you? Hope in God and who he is. He's not some fly-by prophet. He's not an apostle. He's not an angel. He is the living son of God. And if that doesn't get connected up here, you won't change. You won't get strong. What is in your mind about God? Who is God to you? And then secondly, what can your God do? What can he do? Sometimes we look at God through our problem. Our problem is in a great magnitude, but God is in minuscule form. We need to switch that around and look at our problem through God. Then the problem is reduced. So who is God? Come on. And what can he do? Let's get that in you today. That's why you came to church. That's why you got up. To hear about him. Not about me. Not about the speaker. God, don't let them be impressed with me. Let them be in love with you. Secondly, we need to have hope in the promises of our Savior who said that he would never leave us and never would forsake us. If you don't read the word, then the promises of God do not penetrate your psyche. When you have strength because of the promises of God, you know where you stand. So no matter what comes at you, no matter what happens around you, you are not going to be defeated because you know God is faithful and you know God will do what he said. And that's what the prophets believed all the way through biblical history. God is a faithful God. So the better will not occur if we just sit and wait. Whatever. That's one word I cannot stand. <laughs> you know, hey, can I talk to you? No, I can't right now. Well, what's wrong? Whatever. 
<laughs> we can't just sit and wait. We must take action and persevere as if nothing ever changed. Come on for that one person over there. Take action. Take action and persevere. Don't just sit down. Okay, we may be down in the football game by 20 points, but get active. Don't get up again. Make something happen. And each of you has that potential. Instead of, well, pastor didn't do anything for me today. Well, he didn't make me laugh. Well, I didn't get anything out of that sermon. What'd you bring to that sermon? What were you like when you walked in? Don't leave the same way you walked in. Walk out knowing who you are, what you can do, where you're going, and what's going to happen. Come on, church. Better things will happen if we get active again. We, anybody can complain. You know what cows do when they're full? They murmur. <laughs> we are never to give up. And this earth where we live, it's not our home. <laughs> we are heaven bound. No matter what occurs around us, we cannot allow it to occur within us, in our minds and in our spirit. But you hear it. All you hear is Omicron and booster and vaccination and COVID and loss of jobs and no one going back to work and the great walkout and working at home and all this stuff. That's all you're hearing. So what happens? Well, the church isn't doing what they need to do. Well, I'm not going to church. Well, you know what? Let's forget it. I'll say it again. We are never to give up. This earth is not our home. We are heaven bound, church. We are heaven bound. If God told us, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He said it, and we believe it. So no matter what happens, you think, well, we're on a cruise. Everything's going to be great until Jesus comes. We're over here. Hi. <laughs> I don't think so. When we get to heaven, your shield may be dented. It may be banged up. The shine is gone. Your sword is half broken. You're sweating. And the angels say, the battle's over. Not yet. You can come in. I can come in. Yeah, come in. If you go in with your, what were you doing? Polishing my shield and enjoying everything. That's not what God's talking about here in the book of Hebrews. We're never to give up. But we are so ready to disclose the negative nature of things, and we're not quite prepared to divulge how great things can be if we turn our eyes to Jesus and take them off our salvation, take, take them off our situation. You see, so when people you work with, people in the family who don't know your God tell you how bad things are, let them finish. Be polite. Listen to them. And say, however, can I share something with you about our God? That's your job. That's what you're to communicate. That's what you're supposed to do. No matter how bad it gets, you've got something to share. Everybody say with me, but that's what I want you to do. You know what? People are losing their job. People got their but. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you what my God can do. Let me tell you where we're going. Let me tell you how many believers. When, when Elijah killed 450 prophets of Baal, Jezebel said, may God destroy me if I don't do to you today what you did to my prophets. And he got depressed and took off running. And he hid in a cave. And God said to him, Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? 
And that's what he's saying to us today. Why are you hiding in a cave? He wasn't in the still small voice. He wasn't in the mighty wind. He wasn't in the, in the earthquake. He came from the fire. He came forth and he spoke and he's saying to you and I today, what are you doing hiding in a cave? And Elijah says, woe is me. I destroyed 450 prophets of Baal and I'm the only one left. And God said, I have over 400 prophets that have not bowed the knee to Baal that still worship me as their God. Can that be said about you and I? Yes. Yes, it can. We are not turning our backs on God. Don't you know when you buy a diamond, they put it on black felt, black velvet? Why? The darker the background is, the brighter the diamond is. The stars only shine in the dark. The dark, and you better clap on this, because my notes say they'll clap when you share this. <laughs> the darker it gets, the brighter our God appears. <clears throat> Come on, church. God has not lost control. He never loses his power. He never will forsake us, his children. He can do exceedingly abundantly above whatever we may ask or think. Look at this statement right here. This is from Dale Carnegie. It isn't what you have or who you are or where you are or what you're doing that makes you happy or unhappy. It's what you think about it. Well, when things get bad, what do you think about it? God's not going to forsake me. God's not going to turn his back on me. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God has not overlooked you. Church, I just finished reading a book called Life is Messy. Don't let it make a mess out of you. And you know what? One thing it says in the book that we have to learn is that's just life. That's just life. Well, why am I the only one suffering? That's just life. This isn't your home. You're going to a place where there's no tears, no sorrow, no pain, no darkness. You're going to a better place. Come on, give him a hand. So what I have for you today is what is the solution for being disillusioned? God, here's the solution. God will not forget your work and the love you have shown him. What is being presented to us is the basis for our confidence in the reality of our salvation. You start out by making sure you know you are a child of the living God. No matter what happens, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So your salvation did not dissipate and go out the window just because things got bad. What is being presented to us is the basis for our confidence in the reality of our salvation. It is grounded in two realities. One, the nature of God, and two, faith displayed in your lives. Let's start out with the nature of God. What is God like to you? Do you spend more time dwelling on the pain you're experiencing or what you're going through? Or do you concentrate and get refocused on who God is? First, God is righteous and he's just. He keeps his promises. He declares those who trust in Jesus to be righteous. He covers their sins. 
And he delivers them from the consequences of their transgressions. He promises life eternal to all who believe in Jesus Christ, his son, and he will make good his promise. And it was said in Romans 4, 21 about Abraham, he was fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised. That's the nature of our God. It doesn't say he's old, he's asleep, he's nodding, he's weak, he's on his throne passed out from lack of energy. It says that when the first martyr, Stephen, was coming home, Jesus stood from the seat that he was given at the right hand of God because his first martyr was coming home. And many of you, I don't know the pain you have experienced. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know the pain and the battle that you feel in your mind, but I do know this. Whatever you and I are experiencing, God still loves us. God is still on the throne. And God is coming back for us, church, no matter what. I said he's coming back. So we talk about the nature of God. Then let's talk about the faith that you display in your life. If you don't have faith, borrow it from somebody. But make sure you have faith. And not just faith. Well, I've got faith. Faith in a person a real person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who God gave to us. When they said, show us the Father, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. He who has seen me has seen the Father. We don't even know where you're going. I will come again and receive you unto myself so that you can be with me. Faith in a person, a real person. Faith in a person who knows what pain is. Somebody says, where were you when my son died? And God said, in the same place I was when my son died. Same place. The faith in a person. Second, in spite of the spiritual immaturity of some of the believers who have not come back to church, and I'm not picking on them, we are to display the fruits of genuine faith by our actions. We are to display love by exhausting ourselves in deeds of love directed to our fellow believers. Our works spring not from a desire to gain merit in God's sight, but out of love for him and his people from a genuine desire to please him. This lifestyle of giving is not a one-time thing. It should continue to characterize our behavior. That's what your salvation is about. For God so loved that he gave, you and I need to start giving. And if you don't have the finances, give of your time, give of your energy, but give to people less fortunate than yourselves so that they can come to know the same God that you know. Come on, somebody give them a praise. The, the continuation of this labor of love is an evidence of our enduring faith in God. That's how you know you're saved. Before you were like this, it's mine. Now you're like this, it's not mine. I'll give it to you because let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you what my God did for me. I know you don't know him and you think he's angry at you. He's not angry at you. Let me tell you how much love God has for you. It was Andre Crouch who said, <clears throat> excuse me, tell them, even if they don't believe you, even if they don't receive you, tell them, just tell them. 
Well, he doesn't want anything to do with God. I didn't ask you to save them. I didn't ask you to convince them. I said to tell them. Tell them he loves them. Why would God love me? Well, he loved me too. And some people who say, oh man, I committed a sin so bad, there's no way God can forgive me. And we say, really, bro? You're that bad? You're the one sinner that God cannot heal? You're the one sinner God cannot show peace to? You know as well as I, when the devil comes in with his lies, I hear him. When I write sermons, he goes, you're not going to preach that, are you? They've already heard that. That's how I know it's from you and not from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to preach it, and I'm going to shout it, and I'm going to make sure people understand it. Come on, give him a hand today, church. We don't give up because we have faith in God. Faith in a real person that's not dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you, but what are you looking for? Are you looking for him to split the eastern sky? (gasps) It's true. Yes, it's true. There he is with thousands upon thousands of white stallions, the saints who have washed themselves in the blood of the lamb are coming behind him. And he will split the eastern sky. What are you looking for? The next pandemic? The next thing to complain about? The next thing to say how bad it is? When people tell me, Pastor Mike, let me tell you what the devil's doing. I go, I don't want to hear it. I already know what he does. What I want to hear is what he can do. Come on. What can your God do? What can he do? Philippians 2.4 says this, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It was Rick Warren who in his book, Purpose Driven Life, the first statement in the first chapter said, it's not about you. It's about him. You know how bad things are? Well, it's not about you. They didn't recognize me. It's not about you. It's about him. Did they recognize the God in you? That's what it's saying. You think, man, that's really super spiritual, Pastor Mike. Well, why don't you try it? Why don't you try lifting up his name? Why don't you try glorifying him when people start to complain? Look at Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Are you forgiven? Has God forgiven your sins past present, and future? And if he has, then why are you just sitting there staring at me? Give my God a hand of praise, church. Amen. Uh, You're Pastor Mike Garcia. I say yes. I know about you. I know what you used to do. I don't want to hear it. Bye. It has been buried under the blood of Jesus. He has put it in a lake that says no fishing. And you want to remind me of what I did, where I came from? Sorry, bro, I don't want to hear it. Let me tell you what God did with what I did. God took it away. God washed it with his blood. God wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. God said he's coming back for me. Come on, somebody get excited here today because God has not lost his power. And then the final point is he says, show this kind of diligence to the very end. That's what I want you to focus on. The very end. 
You see all these things that are happening. Doesn't it say in Matthew 24, when you see these things begin to happen, look up. Don't look around. Look up, for your redemption is nearer now than it ever has been. I think sometimes some people don't want to go to heaven. I think they want to stay down here and be on a cruise and just enjoy everything with all the butterflies and the birds. If you live long enough, and you will, you'll realize sometimes things get rough. Sometimes they don't turn out the way you want them to. Sometimes your kids don't behave. Sometimes somebody says to you, get it through your thick head, I don't love you anymore. Sometimes you no longer have a job at the most inopportune time ever. Sometimes they say to you, I'm sorry to tell you, but you've got cancer. It's just life. These things happen. But we got to show diligence to the end. And that's why I said you would be re-strengthened. And I would give you cause to rejoice so that I can get in you with a confidence about better things to come. If you would only diligently hold on to the good course you already are pursuing. You got up and you came to church, and that is more than a lot of people are doing today, church. Come on. <clears throat> and don't think for a minute that God did not notice. God is mindful of this. And by doing this, you would guarantee the hope which is duly awarded to those who persevere. Perseverance. It's nice to be saying to your wife, I love you because you got a good job and money's coming in and she gets up and puts her makeup on way before you even wake up. That doesn't take perseverance. How many know what I'm talking about here? What takes perseverance? When nobody likes you. When you're not what other people expect. When people don't pay attention to you. When you're lonely. It takes perseverance to still stand up and say, but my God is still a good God. He has not turned his back on me. Come on, church. Awaken from this slumber. Wake up and realize I need to persevere to the end. Can you? Or have you already written off, well, I just can't wait to die. Die? Who wants to die? The writer said in Hebrews, we do not want you to become lazy the word lazy is the same word rendered slow in the phrase slow to learn. The sluggishness which marked our immaturity is to be shrugged off. Our real goal should be the inheritance that is set before us. We are to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit God's promises. Why does God say to us to persevere? Why does God say to us to be faithful? We need to display the same careful concern and painstaking effort in this, the development of full assurance in regard to the Christian's hope, the victorious reign of Jesus Christ at the end of this age. If you're not thinking about Jesus coming back, Satan's got into your mind. If you're not thinking about God keeping his promises to come back and take you to heaven, the enemy got into your mind. If all you're divulging in your communication is how bad things are and what COVID is and what is going to happen, then the enemy's already got you. You need to be aroused 
out of this slumber, and you need to get Jesus back into your mind because God is a good God. Come on. God is a powerful God, and God will not forsake his people. The Christian's hope is what? The victorious reign of Jesus Christ at the end of this age. The victorious reign of your Savior, your God. That's what you should be talking about. And trust me, if you shared that in communication with others, you would hear less and less of the complaining and criticism and how weak they think the church is. God's church is not going to fail. God's church is not going to crash. You know why? Look how many are here this morning where two or more are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And if any two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them. You're already back in church. Get back in the word and start talking about Jesus. Do not leave after Alyssa finishes her song, and it's a beautiful song. I will be giving you the benediction and pray for you. Sing his praise aloud.
Would everyone please stand with me to your feet? Thank you so much, Alyssa. After our service today, our prayer team will be up here at the front in case you need prayer. I pray to God that your faith will be renewed. I pray that your joy will be restored. I pray that what you have lost will be given back to you sevenfold. I pray that you will sleep like you have never slept and that you will wake up a totally different person in love with God, full of confidence. Confidence that no matter how bad things get, my God is still on the throne. I pray that you will wake up recognizing you are a child of the living God and no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I pray that when the enemy encourages you to complain and criticize, that you start rejoicing and praising the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will never lose your desire to come back to church. I pray that you will become actually happy that you're in church and that you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I pray God's richest blessing upon you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, and may you be kissed not only with his truth, but with his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And his church said, Amen. Bye, church. Bye.